Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Casual Shooters Podcast. My name's Dave. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm a B-class carry optic shooter in USPSA. On occasion, I shoot IDPA and steel challenge matches. I've also shot long-range rifle NRA competition out to 1,000 yards and plan on shooting it again in the future. But enough about me. Leo, why don't you take it away? Hello, good morning, good evening, and good night, depending on what time you're listening to us anywhere in the world. Um, I am Leo. I am a U, so an unclassified production shooter. I am a C-class limited shooter. Um, I have shot limited 10, where I am also unclassified because I am that good. And uh, I shoot bow, rifle, none of which I do competitively because I am not as qualified as my counterparts. Um, but that is me in a very, very small nutshell, and uh, that will lead you into our friend, Huggy. Well, hello there. Um, I'm Huggy Bear, or like a lot of people call me, Huggy. Um, I am a unclassified, as like Leo U-class, USBA production shooter. Uh, However, I am a D-class USPSA limited shooter. I'm a bow hunter. I'm also an indoor bow shooter competitively. Um, I have been doing that for quite a while now. Um, but I have not reached that level of superior of superiority. I just enjoy shooting. Uh, <clears throat> I also reload uh, pistol and rifle ammunition. And I know the crisis that we're going through right now. And trust me, it does suck right now. So I look forward to when we can getting back into that uh, area of reloading. Uh, so I am here and I enjoy this. I look forward to uh, interacting with everybody. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, roll this back over to today. All right. So collectively, uh, between the three of us, we shoot rifle, pistol, bow. We reload rifle and pistol. And we have quite the wide array of experience in, in shooting, whether it be just for pleasure or competitively. <clears throat> I actually spent a summer on the United States Marine Corps rifle team, so gives us a little bit more experience. But currently, we're in frostproof, getting ready for nationals. Tomorrow is day one of nationals, so it's the biggest match of the year for USPSA pistol competition. I'm shooting carry optics. Chris and Leo are shooting production. So they're limited with their magazine capacity, whereas I am not for the most part. Um, So we can talk a little bit about how we got here. Um, We've all shot some major matches. Um, If either one of you want to, well, let's just start. Leo, when was, you shot Area 8. What other major match have you shot? The only other major match I've shot was this match same time last year, um, well, I guess I shot the limited 10 uh, as opposed to production. Um, so I was down here at Frostproof shooting nationals, uh, limited 10. So it's basically production, but with a slightly higher speed uh, rig as far as you know, pistol platforms go. Um, but otherwise, same amount of ammunition, um, definitely focusing a lot more on reloads and such. But between that and then Area 8 this year, and so this will be my third major um, all right. in my career. So we just did the walkthrough of all the stages. How do the stages compare this year to last year? 
the thing that I see between last year and this year is there is a lot more movement uh, this year from my recollection of the matchbook and just shooting. And this one has a lot more, which I find interesting, a lot more distance. So there's a lot longer shots this year. And there's a lot more moving. There's a lot more swingers and, and, and moving targets this year than last year. Okay. Now you shot area eight though, right? Yep. Okay. So you've got that major under your belt. Okay, so you, yeah, this will be your third. Chris, what about you? What major matches have you shot? Um, I've shot Area 8, and this will be my second major match. Uh, I shoot a lot of local matches. So, uh, but this is going to be my second major match. And where, so I'm, where do you normally shoot your local matches at? <clears throat> I usually shoot my local matches up at uh, Shadowhawk. Uh, it's up in uh, Hedgesville, West Virginia. So. Okay, oh, that's that's probably something we should say. We're all from central or northern Virginia between Fredericksburg, um, Winchester, or Front Royal, and Warrington. Yeah, Front oh, Royal and oh, Warrington. That's cool. Okay, so now what did you think of the stages compared to Area 8? Uh, just like Leo said, um, it seems a lot more. Uh, there uh, compared to Area 8. So uh, there's going to be a lot more movement uh, in, in, there, in that aspect. Uh, so it makes me think more uh, and um, a planning of, uh, in my strategy of, of approaching the stages. So it does make you really think harder of how you're going to uh, accomplish the stage. Or, or you could say attack the stage. Okay, I would agree. Now I've shot... I, oh sorry, um, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do think the one, I think now that Huggy said that, so compared to Area 8, where there was a lot more, you could game differently, you could have more than one strategy, it appears to me with this one, in just our walkthrough, because there's a lot of places where you can only shoot from one area to hit certain targets as opposed to area eight where there's like, oh, you don't need to shoot it here. You can shoot it from over here. So you had a little bit more ability to, to, to plan slightly differently. Whereas this one, it seems like there's a lot more of that confining your ability to shoot from different angles. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, you had more options there. Yeah. Fewer options there. This one seems to bottle you up in certain areas intentionally. Sure. So that'll be... Yeah, by design. Yeah, yeah by yeah. design. Exactly. Um, now I shot Virginia State 2019. I shot Delmarva 2019. Um, then I shot the Florida Open this past February in 2020, right before COVID screwed everything up. <laughs> then Area 8, Virginia State again this year, and now National. So it'll definitely be interesting. It's nice having a wide variety. Um, now, when I was here for the Florida Open, we shot in the shot house, the shoot house like we're doing now. So that's nothing new. So I'll be prepared for the, the sound this time. Um, right. 
that was a uh, first time you shoot it like that it it's interesting um, there were a couple of long shots in the Florida open but not nearly as many as are here now so mm-hmm. I agree there it definitely this seems to bottle you up a lot more and force you certain areas to shoot certain targets from so it'll it'll make things interesting and i think it will really test to see who's the quicker shooter and who's got better transitions and 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 quicker swift defeat to see who gets there first well and i do think that that's gonna those longer shots are gonna force people to make up time in between targets so reloading between targets you know, getting off the target and into the next position a lot faster. I think it's going to force people to do that versus in normal or not normal, but more average <clears throat> um, competitions where you don't have to take time to necessarily make those precision distance shots. So you're going to have to. I think that you'll see that times aren't as quick as they usually are. Well, yeah, and I even. I mean, just looking through practice score from the scores yesterday for the staff shoot, like I was pointing out to you guys at lunch, uh, there's a lot of people opting not to shoot swingers that are no penalty mics. Mm-hmm. You know, one person had 19, there were 16, 17 no penalty mics. I think that's too many if you're looking to score higher, you know, get a better hit factor. But it seems like a lot of people are opting to skip them to try to speed up things. And I do think that that's going to play into the overall standings because I think if that's going to be the like like you were saying that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Because if everybody does that, like it's it's a little bit more level. But if there are some people that decide to push the envelope a little bit and make those shots, I think that may that could end up making a difference in where people stand. Yeah, and I think your higher level, you know, GMs, the guys who are looking for the national championship i think those guys are going to be hitting those shots Mm -hmm. so it's gonna it's gonna separate people for sure yeah i mean i'll be honest because we talked about it just in our walkthrough today there's definitely there's one at least for for our uh rotations tomorrow where me the unclassified production shooter is going to be definitely skipping over and not shooting and getting a no penalty mic because of A, being production, and B, just not having that confidence level that I can make up that time in in the, the rest of the stage. Right. What about you, Huggy? Any thoughts? I, I agree 100% with you guys. Um, I can't uh, disqualify anything there. So, um, but I will say that just, just so everybody knows, uh, I mean, like for me, obviously, I shoot a canic. You know, I'm shooting an SFX model uh, without the optic, obviously. Not a sponsor. <laughs> not, not a sponsor. <laughs> hey, maybe one day. Maybe one day, Anik might say, hey, we'll take you. So, but that is what I'm shooting. Um, and um, I will say, uh, I didn't add this in the beginning, but being a you know former football player, you know, it's actually, and up in age, it sure does make a difference of movement, you know, and being able to move agilely versus the younger guys that are being able to move. So I might not be able to keep up with them, but I'll, I'll at least push the edge a little bit on them. They'll know this old man's behind them. 
<laughs> It'd be all the heavy oh, yeah. breathing and panting. Yeah. Exactly. That's all you're going to Freight train coming down like Terry Tate off his linebacker. That's right. Train train's coming, baby. That's right. Coming for you. You make some money. That's not your cake, Philip. That's Simone's cake. So how far would you guesstimate that one shot is all the way down? Was that stage 19, I think? Yeah. yeah how, how far would you say that shot is? If you take it right there, that's, I mean, all of 30 yards. 35? Oh, I was thinking about 35. Yeah, I'm going 40. You're going what, I'm, I'm going 40, 45. Wow. That, that's a long that's a long shot. I mean, I would say 40, 40 yards. It I is mean, a long shot. It's definitely going to be one where you better have, you better be shooting it almost like a bullseye target yeah. to mm -hmm. make sure you get a hit on that thing. Um, or, well, you can't skip it. You got it. You got to at least shoot at it. So, yeah, you have to at least, you know, you don't want to get a failure to engage on that one. Right. I mean, it almost makes you wonder, what if you just drew and threw two rounds shot. at that? Yeah. Just shot. literally <laughs> shot in a second, but and then yeah. moved on to all the other targets. I wonder if that would even really affect your hit factor at all. You know what I mean? Well. <clears throat> because it's a 32-round I mean, stage. It's only two yeah. rounds out of 32. If you got yeah, all of your other hits in a decent amount of time, I almost wonder if it would be like a no penalty mic at that point. As far as for the score? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in theory. The, you won't, well, you won't. You for, won't. At least for, for the, for you, like for you, because you're shooting carry optic, it doesn't affect, well, I think, yeah, I don't even know, because with, with us shooting production, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, how bad, how bad would that be, really? It, I don't know that it would be all that bad. It's it's only two rounds out of thirty-two. If your other thirty rounds were good, and you right. did it in a decent time, it's only ten points. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think for for somebody like me, that that distance so that because the other intermediate let's just call them intermediate distances for the sake of argument because they're within they're within that you know because that's the farthest shot right so right. everything else should be i think the next farthest is what like maybe 20 25 yards if that yeah yeah, yeah if that yeah so you still need to slow down like i still need to take my time to make good like not see like not charlie's like alphas or or even just a charlie you know what I mean? I still right. need to. I still need to slow down a little bit. So I, I need to be in like second or third gear for those shots, and then make up my time transitioning between those shots on the slightly closer ones. So yeah, I mean, I think if you make good alphas and charlies for everything else, you should still be good. I would say so because I, uh, you, you made comment when we were out there that yeah. if you winged them in both shoulders and you got deltas, you would be happy. Agreed. Yeah, well, I would. Right. So that puts you. How many points do you get for deltas? Not many. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's my point. I mean, is it even worth the time it would take to wing him twice? Right. <laughs> there, 
They're okay. So listen, don't use my argument against me, Dave. As my boss at work says, don't confuse the issues with the facts. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's where I think some of the strategy is going to play in, you know? Right, the gamesmanship of it. Yeah, I mean... For us at our level, look, I'm, we're none of the three of us are going to threaten any of these guys for the national championship. Agreed. So at that point, you know, if we save two seconds or three seconds by just firing two rounds at that very far one and then hitting everything else, right? Maybe that's enough time saved that our hit factor is actually higher than it right. would have been had we sat there. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm the alphas. yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to turn away from the target. Right. So I'm kind of, even if it's a better strategy, I'm going to just like when I was here at the Florida open, uh, there were no penalty mics and I shot at them there. I will shoot at that target. Um, right. so regardless, you know, we'll see what my hit factor rolls back as, but at our level, I mean, I, I think I could easily make an argument for just literally pointing and shooting two rounds so they can't say you didn't try to engage. Right, it's it. not a failure to engage. Correct. So you're not incurring yeah. a penalty and then right. just turn and blast everything else. Right. I mean, you could you could very easily make that argument, I think. Like you said, at our level. like And in particular, no offense, Huggy. In particular, at our level, the unclassified, really, you're shooting it to, you're shooting against yourself, and you're shooting to for improvement. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you can easily make that argument. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, at, at my, at our level, yeah, this is, this is, uh, like you said, like Dave said before, I'm not threatening anyone at that higher level. I definitely. Am appreciative to be here at this competition, but this is something that now I'm working for myself. Taking a taking a little page out of Steve Anderson's playbook, you know, I'm going to work on my, you know, visualization and uh, or sight picture, and and then uh, your visual patience. My visual patience, yeah, because that's one of my problems that I that I have, and that's what I'm going to work on. So, um, but. I agree with you. At that distance, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably just going to shoot at it and just keep moving. <laughs> right. But the thing is, at the end of the day, when that buzzer goes off, like we can make that argument here and we can make that argument when we get there. But when that buzzer goes off, the three of us being the three of us, we're going to be like, I'm going to try to hit that. Like, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it. And I'm, and then, you know, your plan goes out the window. It's that, it's that whole thing. You have your strategy. And the first time you get punched in the face, you're like, oh, crap, what do I do now? And I'm gonna hear the buzzer and be like, I'm gonna try to hit alphas. So you know what? Well, I, go ahead, Chris. Well, when, I, when I hear, well, let me trust me. When I get punched in the face, I'm gonna punch back. There you go. Well, <laughs> and when I was here for the Florida Open, I was like, you know what? I paid X number of dollars. I drove all the way down here. I am getting my money's worth. I'm shooting every single target that's out there. Right. I'm at, and I didn't know if I'd be ever be back for the Florida Open. I don't know yeah. if I'll ever be back for another Nationals. So I am going to push myself. I'm going to test myself, and I'm going to aim and try to hit everything. And I'm not going to worry. You know, I'm going to do the, the best that I can. 
uh, for my level of participation and hope that it all works out in the end. Well, and I do think that that brings us to an interesting point as far as, again, for, you know, like our namesake, the casual shooter, you know, if it depends, I think it depends on a lot of what you're actually looking to get out of the sport in and of itself for you, for the sport and, and you know, whatever. Like, I'm not looking to be a national champ at any point. I'm I'm far too pragmatic to think that I will ever be, you know, uh, uh, Shannon Smith, uh, uh, Max Michelle, a uh, Eusebio, any anybody like anybody that that is a name in the sport. I don't think I'll ever be that guy, but I do want to be better, and I do want to push myself to improve, to to go up in class, and, and just to be a better fundamental marksman, and you know, a, as a whole. So, like, I think part of that is like, what is your goal as a shooter? Like, do you want to become? Can you spend the time and become that? You know elite shooter or are you just looking to to be better than you were yesterday well and that brings up a good point too and i'm glad you said that because i was thinking that when huggy was talking which is we are casual shooters we're never going to be at that level where we threaten for a national championship because we're all less than 10 years from retirement in our job and that is still our primary focus with also our family being a primary focus so this is more of a hobby for us, but at the same time, we're not slackers at work. We're not going to be slackers in the shooting community. We're going to do what we can in the limited time we have available to make ourselves better. We listen to other podcasts. We train. We talk. We try to figure these things out together. You know, we walked our stages today and all kind of conversed on each stage to figure out what is the best strategy for that particular stage yeah like what do you like huggy like your your schedule right now like how much time can you dedicate to this sport outside of you know work time and hanging out with anna time and you know looking at your camper and building guns and you know reloading ammo and all that jazz uh i i really don't have a lot of time uh it's like you know I you know get home. I'm, I'm, I've got stuff to do. Uh, you know, so it's like maybe I can dry fire and 30, 40, 40 minutes dry fire, and then the next thing you know, I got to reload and get ready for a possible local match. And even then, it's like, do I even have time for that? Because I'm working and my with my schedule, I might not even make make the local matches. So. It's very tight uh, for the jobs that we do, because, like you said, with our schedules and everything. So, I uh, I don't I don't get a lot of time to really prepare for this. But, however, I enjoy this sport. Let me tell you, this is something that I really, really enjoy. I love it. I can when I go out there. It's not like uh, I have people, you know, really, really coming down on me or anything that nature I, i've met a lot of shooters that are very helpful who uh have pointed out a lot of things uh to me to help me advance myself and improve my shooting uh so i you know i, I love it you know this is this is great um and uh and especially you know being able to shoot up there at shadow hawk and i gotta give a shout out to randy and Lenny. hey randy hey Len. you know they're, they're great people and everything so uh, 
I, I and I, and the people that are all up there that I shoot with, I have a good time with. So, uh, what about you? How do you feel? How much time do you have? And you just had actually, Leo, you just had a, a baby not too long ago. So now you got two kids. You know, I mean, how much time do you have? Well, so, <clears throat> so what I will say is, um, just like everybody, like you know, like you, like Dave, we all have our primary focus or our primary focuses, which are our job, but our job is to take care of our families and all that jazz. Um, and, and just to be very clear, my wife had a baby. I just was there to watch. Right, right, um, right. Okay, okay, I coached, okay. I, I breathed and I said, push this joker out. Um, so with, with a four-month-old and a four-year-old, um, one of whom, like one of them is, is a bit of a challenge just with some stuff he's got going on. Like the time I have to dedicate to, you know, the me stuff, which is basically this is my me thing, um, is very limited. And that's why something like this where I can be like with my friends and do something that is for me, it, it's it, I, as much as I can. I give that time and I want to be a good steward of the sport and, you know, not just half-ass something that I care about. Um, but yeah, like my day is filled with worrying about other people's problems, fixing other people's problems, coming home, trying to spend time with the kids, trying to spend time with the wife, make sure the dogs don't pee on the bed, go to bed, go to work, worry about other people's problems, fix other people's problems, and then eventually every other weekend or so I get to hang out with my boys and throw lead down range or get made fun of because, hey, Leo, where were you this weekend? You know, so it's a little bit different. Um, and I think it's interesting because we all have that perspective. Like you don't have – like Dave I think is a really good – like you and Dave are a little bit in different parts of your life. Like I know Dave has kids, but – is different for Dave. So, like Dave, for you, like, what's the difference between your your grown men that you have as sons versus my miniature, not men yet, sons? Well, I mean, as you said, my kids are twenty and eighteen, so I don't have to worry about getting them up and feeding them anymore. They can feed them damn selves. Um, yeah. And just if there's any single ladies out there, very handsome young men. Just <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I also have um, two miniature horses at home that are only four months old that do require a lot of attention. So I say miniature horses, they're Great Dane puppies, but Not so miniature horses. Some, yeah, so I've got some other challenges per se. They right. take a lot of, they're at that stage where you got to watch them because they eat everything. Um, but uh, I try to take what time I have I try to take maybe a couple of days a week at minimum and do dry fire and I try to work on those things that I know I'm weak at and I listen to a lot of podcasts so it's constantly in my mind and I'm thinking about it and I feel I've actually been able to enhance my progress by constantly having it on my mind and visualizing when I can't practice if I'm driving into work listening to a podcast, I can visualize myself doing it, which actually helps when I get to the dry fire. I've already visualized myself doing it, and it makes the progression shorter or quicker. Well, so I had I have two questions about that then. So for you, so part one, I guess I would say, is 
did your did your long range precision shooting help translate to fundamental marksmanship for pistol and does that does that dedication contribute to cuz you definitely uh, classed up much quicker than Huggy and I did like do you think those extra things that you're able to do help with that speed of progression in or some, was it just in, like a combination of those things in some cases yes like the the pistol marksmanship was already there like i right. can hit i can hit a bullseye not a problem the problem i have is my lack of urgency i'm i'm a i'm what they would call a turtle i can shoot and hit all my targets without a problem but my problem is doing it quickly and I think, um, you know, I've listened to enough people who have reached higher levels of shooting, um, and it's taken them a long time to get there when they start out as a turtle. And it's getting that that quickness is is definitely the part that's holding me back. Mm-hmm. And starting at my advanced age, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to be that fleet of foot guy back in my early, even early to mid-30s. Right. So I've got that going against me, but that doesn't mean I still can't pick up speed and and things here and there. That's my biggest issue. Marksmanship, absolutely. But, you know, I I can line up sights, I can hit a target, not a problem. Right. Well, so so there's another one. So just so everybody knows, if people are actually listening to this, um, like I'm 36, Dave, you just had a birthday, you're 50 what? <laughs> uh, 54. Closer to 60 than 50. So, <laughs> 54. Uh, how old are you, bud? 51. So, so of the of the, the three of us, I'm what you would term the spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not young. And again, given our career choices, my body has rebelled against me. Like we were talking about this at lunch. None of us is shooting at 100% physicality. This for these nationals. Like none of us is like I'm good. I don't need to take what was the guy that he said vitamin I. Yeah. Like we're all, we're all on you know anti-inflammatories. I got bands so I can stretch beforehand. Like none of us is shooting at 100% physically. So like if you're if you're talking to somebody trying to get into the sport at a more advanced age, how much does physicality play into a sport where you're you're carrying a loaded firearm and moving? A lot. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Yeah. I mean, remember when, like, we were at uh, Area 8, and that one portal that was, like, you literally either sat down on the ground or you kneeled down. And mm-hmm. I know for myself, when I literally kneeled down and was like, holy crap, how am I going to get up, you know? <laughs> I mean, it took every bit of, like, you know, I was psyching myself like, yeah, you can do this because people are watching you. You got to get up. Right. <laughs> I didn't hear a rumph out of you. Harumph, harumph. Quitting yeah. is not an option. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, being, being uh, and I will say for myself, uh, I played football for years. Uh, I went from the semi-pro levels up to playing in the – you know, world league level. Uh, you know, it it took a it's taking a toll. You know, on me now because and like you said, our job that we do, 
that on top of that, uh, man, you're talking about bones and knees and backs and everything else. Just it takes a toll. Uh, you know, even with the, uh, our our belt, our gear. You know, it's just it, you can I can feel it. You know, when we're moving. And but I don't have the quickness like I used to. I think in my head I got the quickness. I right. think I can move, but for some odd reason it just doesn't translate. Yeah, it doesn't translate down. It's like, yeah, I, I'm fast. Nope, nope, it's not moving. And, <laughs> Why is it? and for, for the record, path. and for the record, um, I I hate listening to podcasts where they talk about work in very general terms and never say what they do. Oh yeah, uh, I will sorry just, about that. I'll throw out there just for the intro because this is not going to be a work podcast, but Correct. we're all firefighters, and at one time we were all three paramedics. Um, two of us are still active paramedics at our job, uh, in addition to firefighters. So mm-hmm. that's what we do as well. None of us have done jobs that have been easy on the body. So. Right. It, People can always refer back to the intro podcast right. <laughs> if they want to know what it is we did. So now they know. Yeah, sorry. I forgot that people that might actually listen to this don't know. what. Like, I know these two ding-dongs know what we do for work. My bad. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, we do have a very physical job outside this and uh it it does play a toll on us uh and 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 enjoying this sport that we're doing so um for the younger generation and younger crowd uh i applaud you you know and keep up the good work but uh for the older crowd i'm like i feel your pain i I enjoy this but i feel your pain (laughs) absolutely And I do think that that does speak to her. Like, I don't ever want that to deter somebody from at a at a at, a, at an older or more advanced middle life, later life, whatever. I, like, because we've shot with people that are in their sixties and their seventies. We've shot with kids that are that started at nine. You know, what I would say is, the sooner you start, the 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 better off you will be as far as longevity and you know physicality. But that I don't want. I don't ever want that to turn somebody off from wanting to do it, just because it's a little bit difficult physically. Because you know what you do, you just you walk slower, or you don't right. run to the next stage, right. or you know what I mean. Yeah, like, right. Absolutely. And, and you know, and this is this is a fun sport. I mean, uh, I think we all have been around those guys that like to heckle you, but they heckle you in fun. They don't heckle you as in trying to say that, you know, you're you know you're no good. They just like they want to have fun. They know that you have fun, and they they do that. I I have a couple of good buddies that are or friends that when I'm out there, they heckle me. I mean, you guys, you yeah. guys lay 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 it on me. But well, you know, if you stop standing like Barney Fife, we wouldn't heckle you. True story. True story. This isn't 1950 anymore, man. Square up to the target. (laughs) I'm a little bit older than you, young man. (laughs) I don't want it to shoot back at me. I got to make myself smaller. Okay. Exactly. And as you can see, I can really make myself pretty small right now. (laughs) Well, we can see. The people don't need to see right now. Right, right. 
the well, masses. I can tell, tell you one true story, though, that Dave Brittle can tell you. When we were in uh, cruise school, going through the maze. Yeah, you did make yourself small. I, you. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. Okay. Well, everybody squeezed out of a small opening at one point in their life. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so good for you. Ooh, big man squeezing right. through. All. So that we don't have our first episode lasting forever. Um, okay. <laughs> we should probably wrap this thing up. Um, cool. My thoughts are, regardless of whether you're just a weekend plinker, a casual competitor or GM level shooter. I think everybody can get something out of this. Even if it, like I was saying with the GM level guy who has his own podcast, he could actually listen in here, hear us talk and pick up on some things that he could then expand on or even add maybe to his classes. Um, what do you guys think about the, um, what we plan on the message we look to get across to our listeners? What do you think, Huggy? I think it's great. I think that, you know, I want people to be able to say, hey, look, these guys are not, you know, national shooters or top shooters. They can they can relate to us and they can be like, oh, okay. Hey, these guys can get out there and enjoy this sport. I want to enjoy the same thing. Um, and I hope that, like Dave said, maybe some of those GMs and everything who are teaching classes can sit there and say, hey, look, you can you can might get a little bit of something from this, you know. That we are we are the uh, people who really enjoy the sport. Now, I'm not saying that the GMs and masters don't enjoy the sport because, of course, they obviously they do. But I'm just saying that there are some uh, novice in here that sometimes get a little scared, and and I use the word scared, but maybe timid, shy away because they feel as if oh, I can't compete at that level. Um, they shouldn't feel that way. They should be able to go out there and try it out and feel it. It's fun. It's it's uh, exhilarating. Uh, I enjoy it, and uh, so that's that's my my feelings. Yeah, I mean, uh, to to uh, this is going to sound a little bit like preaching to the choir, um, but I think again the big thing, like like Huggy saying and like Dave saying. Um, accessibility for everybody like this is a sport anybody can do as long as you do it safely you can you can do this sport and i think uh to speak to dave's point specifically about something that like gms master level people that pe people that teach classes can take away from us or, or at least this podcast is you know we're the people that we're the types of guys that would take your class you know, these are some things that we think about. These are some things that we worry about. These are some things that, you know, if we're going to nationals just because, you know, we figured out how to get to nationals, like these are the things, these are the things that make us anxious that are running through our minds before we head out the day of the shoot. Um, so hopefully it's something that's worth listening to at every level for, hey, we are you if you're an unclassified or if you're a C class, D class, whatever, getting into it. Or if you're a GM, like we're the people that want to learn from you. We're the people that want to, you know, to, to, to become better. These are things that you can hear that we think about that can hopefully you can incorporate into your class. Yeah, we so are your I target audience. Yeah, we, we are the people that are going to give you money to make us better. So here are our thoughts. 
You know? So I think that for for everybody, I think that's kind of what we're we're aiming for. Totally agree. And with that, what should we not be, Leo? Don't be a little bitch. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Yep.